Welcome to episode one of the DG Podcast. This is the OMG Old Man Jesus. I'm here with a man, the myth, the legend, my brother himself, Mr. E. How you doing? What's up, bruh? Bye. <laughs> Just to be clear, you're like like a physical brother, not a metaphorical brother. I'm also a ghostly and religious brother, but yes, I am a physical and metaphorical brother. Yes. You know, we just wanted to start a podcast just so we could start about talk about video games and really just catch up because we don't talk every day. Yeah, I mean, also, I just, I'm just so used to us having better taste than everybody else, especially when it comes <laughs> to gaming. You know, might as well put our opinion out there, right? Zing. Zing. All right. So I'm thinking about three episodes in before we make shirts that say Zang on them and we just start selling them. But I think we could start, brother, about what we've been playing. All right. So I want to tell you about a little something I played for two hours last night. Okay, go for it. Half-Life Alex. And let okay. me tell you. I am completely blown away. So I play VR games a lot. I played quite a few of them. I played all the big ones, mostly the, anything that isn't scary. And just but for the kids at home, I'm not a big fan of VR. We'll get to that. VR. But yeah, but go on. It is just on another level. Like I knew all the hype going into it, but playing it last night, the ambience, the 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 sound, the voice acting, just the the way the controllers work just completely blew me away. And I woke up thinking about like, I can't wait to jump back in there. The thing is, I'm a big coward, as you know. So I'm a big old baby <laughs> when it comes to scary games. So I can't play it unless someone's watching me. So I, can, I have to wait for my friends to be online so I can stream it so they, they can talk to me. Because like... I play two hours in and I'm not even far because I have to look around every corner because I'm like, mm. something's going to jump out and scare the crap. Is it really that scary? To me, it is. It, it's not scary like, oh, something jumping out at you scary. It's scary in like the way the – when you're in VR, this is why I always try to sell to you. I know you hate VR, but when you're in VR, it's completely different than when you're watching it on a TV. Right. Because like I'm in there, I'll give you an example. I'm in there and they set me up that I'm in this place where the head crabs are going to be. Don't worry, no spoilers. I won't say anything, but I can hear like chains moving and noises. And when you're watching on TV, you're like, whatever, you don't, you don't have to feel to turn around or whatever. In VR, I hear it behind me and the overwhelming instinct in my body is I have to turn around to see what that was. So I'll turn around, but there's nothing there. And then anxiety starts building up and it's just, it's just, this so feeling that you can't get anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think if something was like that atmospheric, I mean, I do appreciate that about VR. Like it's very atmospheric. You get in there and a horror experience in a video game. I love horror, everybody. But a horror uh, experience in a video game is like the, the paramount. It's like the best you can get. So I can imagine it being very like, you know, involved and very intuitive, especially with VR. I've heard nothing but good things about it. So you talk, bragging about it makes you want to try it even more. Uh, well, one thing I want to tell you too, which this is the coolest thing. And I tried to tell my wife, but she just, she was like, eh, it's boring, but I'm playing and I'm using this gun and I'm shooting and I feel like really cool. Right. Cause in VR, of course you aim your gun like in real life and you shoot. So I get this upgrade for my gun that gives me a scope. Okay. And I'm like, oh, cool. I have a scope. I start missing more. And my friend is listening and my friend's like, Hey, like your, your hand is too far out. Like you wouldn't shoot a gun like that in real life. You got to bring it closer to your eye to aim. And I was like, what the hell? So I bring the gun closer to my eye and I start nailing my shots. And I'm like, holy crap, the gun didn't get better. I just learned to use the gun in VR and that made me shoot better. And I just nerded out. Something about that was just the coolest freaking thing to me. Oh, and, so I see what, what they're doing. So like, interesting. So like, I like that approach actually. That's like way, that's a way ahead of what a lot of people are doing with VR, including Sony, by the way, because they typically, you use a controller to control a character and move around. 
but this is like way like next like level like intuitive of like different ways you can use the vr to like a totally different experience that's interesting i would definitely want to give that a shot yeah and i've tried other vr games and this one just feels better something about it like the way the ambience the music and everything just plays just feels like it's on another level but what have you been playing i don't know if something was like whispering in my ear i'd definitely play it (laughs) Viper. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go play some Dota two after this. What, what do you? Uh, what uh, do you- uh, so just back to the topic. Yeah, man, that sounds like a great game. I definitely got to give it a shot. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I heard it was you know a horror experience, which is something I've been wanting to try. But I have heard some things about it. But we'll, we'll see. I don't know if VR has won me over just yet. Um, right now, I'm playing uh, Disco Asylum, which is uh, or Asylum, however you say that. It is phenomenal it's arguably one of the best video games i've played in a very long time but the game i really want to talk about is actually a game for the switch so i'm a huge nintendo fan because we're the master class we're the best of the best (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh there's a game that came out on steam a while ago it's called uh uh, bug fables and it just came out on the switch bug fables bug fables and so i've been i was surprised that this game came out on the switch because it is uh Basically, this game rips off Paper Mario, old school Paper Mario. So, and it's unapologetic in how it does it. So, the fact that it came out on a on the Switch is kind of like this, like this kind of uh, how should I put it, like this tongue in cheek kind of joke because it's not quite Paper Mario, but the art style, the combat, it's the timing kind of combat, the characters, the story, it's very Mario, uh, uh, Paper Mario driven, but like Mario, like Paper Mario sixty four more so than Thousand Year Old Door. I just but, looked up the the art and it's like straight up Paper Mario from the old ones, just with bugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly, just with bugs. And you have, it's, but it's the it, Jesus. It's the kind of like RPG that we like. You get characters, your characters get powers. It's timing attack, that kind of thing. I'm so already I, into like like the characters I'm looking. One of them is like a green knight with like a <laughs> green armor, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, it's like really, it's really indie and really like, but it's fun. It's whimsical, and they have a lot of good, a good time with it. But what from what I heard is that you know story wise it takes like a really in-depth turn towards the halfway point of the game where it kind of becomes its own thing and it's almost like paper mario but like a little bit more mature you know because paper mario like the problem is it's like it's never like reaches that challenging point it's challenging enough but this game supposedly gets you know a lot harder and the whole badge system is there too just like in paper mario i think they call it something different but i've had my eye on this game for a while because everyone said how good it was on steam the fact that they just released it on 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 the switch is it's great i i would highly recommend everybody check it out uh one of my favorite youtubers arlo talked about it as well um it's it's it just seems like a solid game to pick up right now especially with the drought the switch has it's so weird because I'm going through the art and some of it's like really cool. Like I love the style. And then you get to like one of the battle ones on their website and it looks really like like there's a scorpion here, but the the background is actually covered in front of the scorpion. Yeah. I just started, uh, but I, it's already like, you know, very familiar. It's not that different. It's really cool. I would say that budget-wise, it's a little bit lower budget than a game like Paper Mario, obviously. <clears throat> but it's in terms of like uh, where they take the ideas. Like all the NPCs have like a lot of like uh, um, 
what is it, text, and like everybody interacts with you, and it's kind of cool. Like, it kind of has like there's a lot of collectibles too, which I like. It just seems like there's a lot of things to do. Does um, it have the uh, you know Paper Mario's best thing was that comedy, like that that just the, the jokes yeah. that they to me? Does it have that style, or is it, it totally like- is that style, one hundred percent? Now it's not. I mean, obviously the writing is a little bit different than Nintendo's writing, but it's the, they try to go for that really hard. Um, where it's like really like not goofy, but kind of like really jokey. Um, it's, it's, it, I, I've, I'm enjoying it greatly so far. I can see why it's been getting like a lot of fan reviews. Um, I feel like it kind of went under the radar or maybe I just, I've never heard it. of this game a single time. This oh, is the really? first time I've ever yeah, heard of it. Yeah. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's a long game too. It's, it's, uh, about 20 hours supposedly. So you'll definitely, you know, sink some time into it, but for the Switch people out there looking to something new to play, it's only $20. I think $25 on the Switch. I ha- can't recommend it enough. Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling is what it says on the website. Interesting. Oh, I, might, I might check that out a little bit, but we'll see. Bug I'm, I'm going to pre-recommend it. <laughs> Bug Fables. Everlasting. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk to you too about uh, Pokemon real quick because I know the expansion's coming up. And I love the new Pokemon. I know you did not like it at all. Yeah. So you were telling me the other day that the expansion looked interesting to you. And I kind of wanted to touch on that a little bit if you got. Any yeah, I mean, I mean, we can also just talk about like briefly too of like why we both enjoyed or didn't enjoy the game. Like just as a just a kind of a back context, I personally did not enjoy Pokemon Sword and Shield. I'm a hardcore Pokemon fan. I, I do play. Are. I mean, we've played every single Pokemon. That's come out. Yeah, we do, and we play them for different reasons. I like to oh play competitively. What was the one the GameCube? The oh my god, dude! That one is really popular. You're gonna anger a lot of people out there. Pokemon Coliseum was like so popular. Coliseum, the one where you're like they're like shadow Pokemon. You have to yes, and you have to snatch them. Oh my snatch! (laughs) Yeah, we played that game so we played all the Pokemon so much and. Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to interrupt you here to talk about Sword and Shield. I loved Sword and Shield. because I didn't Moon, say what I wanted, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, Sun and Moon, I liked them, but I don't think they... Like, I didn't play post-game. So I played them, I got to the end game, and I immediately stopped. Which for a Pokemon game is like nothing. Like, you, you, everything after the post-game is what you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think the ultimate thing is I didn't breed a single Pokemon. And breeding is my favorite part of Pokemon. So Sword and Shield to me was, I don't know, I guess it's because I, I don't know if it's because I didn't play Pokemon Sun and Shield enough that when I got Sword and Shield, I really got hooked into it. I think I put like a hundred hours or something into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I bred a lot of Pokemon. I bred Dreepy full, fully statted up and everything. Hit me up if you need to bred Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> and I had a good time with it. Now, I lost my excitement for the expansion. But So what did you think about the base game first then? Yeah, I mean, I, I I do agree with you in some points, but for the most part, I didn't really enjoy the game. I think a lot of people complain about a lot of different things, even going into it, but those complaints are muted. I mean, Pokemon Sword and Shield is the becoming the fastest selling. It is the fastest selling Pokemon game ever. I think it's sold over 17 million. I think it's c- creeping up on uh, gold and silver as we speak. So that's, that's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's going up there. Um, but for me, I'd be, I didn't really go into the negativity going in, like the Pokemon decks and all of that because if it was done really well then that all is forgiven but that's the problem that's the root of a lot of it including the in-game content including animations all of that is that it the, the production of the game it just seems so rushed and some people say it call it laziness personally i think it's rushed i do i i do do agree with the people that theorize that it's supposed to be a 3DS game that was ported and rushed to a switch game you know that's there's that conspiracy theory out there and uh, i 
after playing it myself, I was like, you know, I kind of see that. Immediately, I noticed that the Pokemon aren't scaled. That's one of the, my biggest complaints I had immediately. I played it, and I'm like, why aren't the Pokemon you mean, scaled? Like the like, Waylord is like the size of a Houndoom or something? You know? Totally. That's not a new concept. Like they've, done that, they've done that in a, a Pokemon Revolution for the Wii, and they did it for Coliseum. You know, yeah, where Coliseum, Waylord was like half the size of Coliseum. Yeah, and they did it again yeah. with Pokemon Revolution. And, and so. I get it. So, uh, I agree with you with the scaling part that and and things like that. But to me, the Pokedex, do you think the Pokedex is too big now? Because to me, I played that game and I caught so many Pokemon. And I'm like, you know what? If there was the other hundreds of missing Pokemon, like, I don't know that I would want to catch them all at that point. There's so many Pokemon the now. Prob- I think I think the problem though is just not, not just to cut you off really quick. Just like the problem is, is that if if they release like, can you imagine if they did like a remake? I don't know of Gold version, which Gold only had like 250. Okay, right now we're at like 800 something. So if uh, if they if they did a remake of Gold version with like stately the art graphics, like up to date, more modernized. It doesn't have to be perfect, but kind of like more comic book, like Dragon Quest 11 kind of style or something like that. And nobody will complain about the Pokedex, you know, because the game is going to be there at its core and it's going to be really high budget with voice acting and stuff. So I think going into it, that's what people expected, even though you'll always have some people like a vocal minority that's going to be disappointed that their favorite Pokemon isn't in there. But when everyone saw it, including myself, we're like, what the hell? You know, it looks like, you know, the the budget didn't look as good as a lot of Nintendo's other franchise. Guys, Pokemon is the highest generating franchise in the world. It is the most gener it generates more revenue as a brand than Disneyland, than any I have you a know? franchise though, because I don't think it's outselling GTA five. Like it's not a franchise, right? I mean, in terms of like sales, but at least GTA Five is like a product that a complete product. You know, we can have that argument, right? Apples and oranges. I think at its base, though, all all people like me are saying is that Game Freak can do better. You know, these games sell like hotcakes. This game is like twenty dollars or ten dollars more. Yeah, twenty dollars more than what it used to be on the 3DS for essentially very similar product. Dude, when that when that that scene when you're in that rooftop, which the story, mind you, is non-existent, right? I won't go on like go on and braid it forever but that scene when you're on that rooftop and like you're with like i don't even remember the the legendary dog <laughs> and it turns at you and the way it turns it just instead of like a turning animation it just like moves its body to towards you i was just like oh my god i just sent you a video uh, you can watch it later but you can make you think about twinkle tackle for uh <laughs> Where it's literally like a legendary fairy move for him, like a super powerful Pokemon. Oh my god, no, I saw that. I saw Twinkle Tackle. And this bike just goes like left and right and then moves. He doesn't move and he just like goes to the screen. (laughs) (laughs) I get where you're coming from. I get it. But I also feel like they're never going to win because if they changed it too much, people would complain about it. Like, I, I. I think that at this point, if you want something different from Pokemon, you got to play one of the spinoffs, like the dungeon ones or whatever. Like, this is Pokemon. This is the way it's going to be forever now. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. I do feel like it's outdated. So I don't feel like, I feel like every other one is the ones I'm going to play like nonstop and breed and all of that. But at this point, I mean, you just want to reboot it or like, what do you want? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly, but I think there's a little, they can push the envelope a little bit more than what they have right now. There is some great ideas in there. So it's not the ideas, it's more the execution. It's more like the development. But besides that, you know, in terms of the DLC, you know, it's getting a lot of conversation. Rumors are flying around. It seems like, what is it? Uh, uh, Crown, uh, 
Crown Tundra and our uh, uh, Island of Shield or Shield Armor, whatever it's called. I have to look at it actually. Look it up really. Do they quick. have Dragonite? That's all I need to know. They give uh, me Dragonite. I don't. I don't. I don't know if they have Dragonite. They said that there's going to be a hundred new Pokemon. I don't have all the details in front of me, so everyone's got. I have to apologize to you know anybody that knows all this information off the bat, top of the top of their heads. But basically, they're going to add a bunch of new Pokemon. But the cool part is, which I do think is great, is that it's going to be totally, uh, you know, more of the open world style, like the. Uh, what do you call the the park area in Sword and Shield? What what is that called? Uh, the center uh, part. Uh, I don't remember you know, the name, but yeah. whatever the uh, whatever the, uh, the that center part was, and uh, where it's more open world. It's not linear. Supposedly, there's supposedly more dungeon aspects to it, and the Pokemon and story are kind of more involved. Also, they give more uh, Pokemon Gigantamax. So it's basically more of like story-driven stuff, but it also gives people what they want, which is more Pokemon. And it's essentially more content for, you know, what is it, $30, which isn't horrible because it seems like that's, they are jam-packing a lot of stuff. Yeah, but that's a lot. That's the 50% of the cost of the game. More than That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and, and people are arguing that that's what it should have been. That should have been in the game to begin with, which uh, everything points to that, you know. I would get if it wasn't like combined as to like, two dlcs but it just seems like that that was the intent from the get-go and they put were able to put a little bit more time on it um but i don't know i'm not getting the dlc unless it's you know th- yeah, the I'm absolute really i'm really disappointed with reviews by the way of pokemon like a lot of them gave them way too high so there's some nines out there this game is not a nine you know at a, at a good at a good day it's a seven and that's fine there's nothing wrong nah, with seven see, i i'd say it's like an eight or nine pokemon game but Oh, an overall game, I would definitely say it's like a seven. Just because yeah. it's, it, I mean, you played the same thing over and over. So I quickly, I did look up the list of confirmed Pokemon for the DLC. Yeah. Dragonite's not on there, so I'm not getting this game. But uh, it, there's nothing nothing great in there. It's Venusaur, Blastoise, Slowbro, Magneton, Chansey, Horsey, Meryl. Uh, yeah, but there's also like variants. So, so like the tri- like the Zapdos, Articuno, Moltres, they have but- their own regional birds. And there's also two new Regis. And there's Galarian forms of like different Pokemon, like Jinx and Tentacle. Well, these are rumored they, anyway. But they add like things like Fletchling. Like who is waiting there for a Fletchling? Asus. Zing. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Fletchling is one of the most popular Pokemon. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. It evolves into the Firebird that everyone yeah, the loves. Talonflame or whatever? Talonflame, yeah. And you know, Fletchling is actually the director's favorite Pokemon. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't want to make fun of anyone's favorite Pokemon. I just picked them out because they look kind of weird. Okay, but yeah. Let's switch up to the, the most exciting news, right? There's the PS5 event tomorrow. Now, it's safe to say that w- we get all the consoles usually when we were younger. Nowadays, though, we're kind of split where I'm a huge Sony mostly, and you're bigger into Nintendo. Is that safe to say? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Even though I buy more Nintendo games than I have to switch before you. But uh, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I was thinking it'd be fun to talk about what our predictions are for tomorrow. Just a few things that I've heard. And then you tell me what your excitement level is for that kind of stuff. All right. Right. So, I think, I think let me, let me start because you have way more information on this than I do. And right. for the record, I'm the Nintendo master over here, but I still have a PS4. I think we could both agree that Xbox sucks. Just kidding, everybody. But, uh, <laughs> but we are, we also play some PC too. I guess we might as well throw that in there. But um, and for, in terms of tomorrow, um, I think it's, uh, I, it's weird timing, I will say, but I think it's about time that Sony, you know, lifts the curtains on this thing. 
Um, I don't know if PS5 has gotten the best press, but I don't think it matters. I mean, the brand is so powerful that they can release something on Instagram and they got like over 10 million likes or whatever. You know, it's crazy. Uh, I think that they can learn a lot from Xbox's recent event. So I hope that w what I, my hopes and expectations are a price point. I think that's really important. I think it, they, they did announce that they are going to uh, show off uh, some games, which is great. I think showing gameplay is incredibly important too, especially for the launches killer app. It's about time we start stimulating that and getting people excited. And then also just uh, any like sort of gimmick of the con the console may have, you know, is it really what S SSD? Is that really the, the that's, is that really the thing though you know it's it just I, i'm sure i'm sure they'll explain it better well i'll get excited but this thing is going to cost at least 500 dollars, dude you know what i mean it's going to be like i better park my car <laughs> i better like you know i mean it's not cheap you know it's a it's it's a long-term investment instead. yeah but if, if it's not 500 dollars, i'd be super surprised because this thing has the, the ssd i just bought an ssd for my computer on m2 right and that thing was like 150 dollars for a terabyte okay just to give you some some uh perspective sure. and that's a fast one it's it's not even half as fast as the one they're claiming is in the ps5 so if they're having memory that fast then that thing is going to cost 500 dollars, or they're selling this at a huge loss Wow, you think, you think I think I think that from what I've read, uh, I first of all I think you're right in a lot of what you said. I'm just like reading something. So like what I've read too is that you know they're not playing a price war with with Xbox, which is interesting because Xbox is rumored to have the more expensive console. So no, there's no, there's no way. I think Xbox doing that multi console thing where uh, they'll have one that's five hundred dollars, but then they're gonna say like, oh, you can the buy upgraded this. version. Well, the, the smaller version, which is going to be 350 or something, and then you can use your Xbox One X to also stream the games or something like that. Or something That's what like that. Yeah, yeah, you could you could be – I mean, that could be right because of like the whole like cloud focus that they're doing with the Xbox, which I think is pretty exciting as somebody that does not usually you know gravitate toward the, towards the Xbox brand. But yeah, I mean, I know, I know. I know SSD is expensive, yada, yada, yada. But I just want to see what it can do. You know what I mean? Well, well, that's the thing, though. This is what uh, I've been reading about, and I think that everyone's underestimating. It's not just the new SSD type of thing, the M2 or the super fast drive, where everyone thinks, oh, my computer already has that. It does, right? Like my computer has an SSD. But what Sony is touting and what all the developers in the interviews, I don't know if you've been following the interviews, they've been going around saying it's the most impressive console they've ever seen because not only do they have that, but they've custom designed, supposedly, we'll find out soon, I hope, they've custom designed all the architecture to take advantage of that speed. So I know you, I'm big into computer stuff and all of that, and I know you don't follow that as much, but let me explain it to you in a way that'll kind of hopefully get you excited where uh -huh. right now I have it. Yeah, I'm a, pe I'm a pe pebbling, go on. You're pebbling, you touch a computer and it explodes. But, <laughs> uh, so I have the SSD on my computer, right? That thing is blazing fast, but... If I put another SSD, a normal one, so if I give you numbers, uh, a regular SSD, the one that I had before was about 500, um, 500 uh, read and write, I think. This new one I got is about 3,500 and 3,000 read and write. You would think, wow, that's a huge difference, right? It actually only loaded my games faster, like a second or less faster. And the reason is most motherboards and most other parts of the computer they can't handle that much information that fast. So even though your your lap your hard drive is that fast, your computer can't process it. So there's no really huge benefit to it. Once you reach a, a, a certain point, that's it. 
The PS5, supposedly, they've custom divide, uh, they've custom created the motherboard and all of that to be able to handle that speed. So it's going to be faster than anything you can reasonably buy on your computer right now. So I could possibly make a computer faster than the PS5, but it's going to cost me thousands of dollars more. So that's why I'm curious, like, how did they do that? Mm, interesting. I don't know if I followed all of that. <laughs> 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 you lost me with like a bunch of stuff, but I, I get the gist okay. of it. Well, let's get to the fun things and games. All right. So what do you think they're showing off tomorrow? Oh my so, gosh, I don't know. A lot of rumors. The one that has me the most excited is that uh, the the team that did Horizon Zero Dawn, yeah. they were like basically hinting that tomorrow they were going to get- Gorilla? That's Gorilla, right? Yeah, Gorilla, right? Gorilla Games. So I'm super excited that they're going to show off what they're working on for Horizon Zero Dawn 2 because I love that game. So Dude, I, I, like, I know you loved it. I loved a lot of things about it, but I could not get into it. I, think I don't it, know- I think it's actually did not age well at all. And, uh, but I mean, yeah, that game was just okay for me. Uh, there's some things I liked about it though. I think my favorite thing about Horizon besides its presentation, which is just beautiful, right? It's beautiful to look at. And the, the narration is great is how I think that that game does open world. One of the best open worlds I've ever played. One of the best side quests. There's not a single wasted side quest in that game where it's boring. Everything, but it, and it, but it hold, and it holds your hand just enough. I like that. You know, I like that. You know, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like Assassin's Creed, which which is great. I played Odyssey. I don't know if you played that one, but there was just so much to do in that game that it was overwhelming. Or like Witcher Three is another good example. Yeah, Witcher Three is a good yeah. example. Or even There's Breath of the so Wild, much. like Breath of the Wild, like you know, tons of side quests, but it's like it's just in a journal. You know, it doesn't really give you a direction of what what to do and stuff. So like this game like shows you where to go, doesn't necessarily tell you exactly what to do, but it does give you a mission. Which yeah, but I, I feel like I, I like that about it. The difference was like in Breath of the Wild, I don't think they they intended for you to do everything. Like if you miss some of the side quest stuff, you'd still like feel good about the game. Like you were supposed to encounter it naturally. You know what I mean? Versus Horizon's type of game, they want to lead you to those side quests because you get so much story, so much lore, and so many side characters with amazing voice acting. Actually, I actually think the voice acting in the side quest is better than the voice acting in the main game, which is weird. Not to say the main game was bad, but you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know I'm, if I agree with the, what your, your, your assessment, but go on, go on, go on. So I'm just so excited for it, though. Like, I just cannot wait to see what they're going to do for it tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, what about going from going from uh, Killzone to that? I mean, gorillas. I mean, yeah, they're they're talented for sure. You know, or was okay. it was it Infamous or or, or Killzone? It was Killzone, right? That was Killzone. The, the, yeah, yeah. They, they before that. So, yeah. what about? Uh, do you think they're gonna release any sequels to their big stuff? Like God of War. You think there's a God of War reveal tomorrow? I don't no, think so. No, I think that that so in terms of library, right? The big thing is like like that really Nintendo pioneered and then Xbox ran off with it is the whole back backwards compatibility compatibility thing, which Xbox was so smart about the whole cross by, cross by thing. That's a really cool idea. I think that that, that, that feels next gen to me. Like, you know, I buy my game, I can play it on my next gen console. I'm not going to miss out on it. That's yeah, but, really cool. what but is it though? You're sorry to interrupt, but this is something that all the other podcasts are talking about right now. It's like, is this something new? Like, so everyone's touting like, oh, you're going to get the next version, right? So you buy Halo, you're going to get that Halo for the Xbox One Series X or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but like if you buy Last of Us 2 on PS4, you're going to get it. It's going to play on Last of Us 2 for PS5. 
Like, so is it that different? You know I what think I mean? That's, I think, I think, I think it's grasping at straws a little bit, a little bit too much. I mean, it, you can, you can always like reference something back, back. I think that this is different because, you know, this is creating a, a catalog. It's creating a library. It's creating like, it's, Which not just, it's, yeah, it's a lot of games that they're doing this for. And they made that a push. They made that a really big point of their presentation, which again, I liked. So you're guaranteed to have this like mass library of games no matter what, where even if you maybe have beaten whatever game, whatever Halo, whatever it is um, on your Xbox One X, you can maybe want to replay it, you know, for that upgrade, uh, that that fidelity upgrade or whatever features they may have. Now, I don't know if Sony's going to be doing that. You know, they haven't really talked anything on that front. Well, but they I think- did confirm that they have, uh, uh, what is it, backwards compatibility. But yeah, so, they did come for, for uh, uh, their big games. They said that. But that's the thing is that what kind of catalog they're gonna, are, are they going to have? Are they going to translate, you know, some like, you know, PlayStation Now kind of thing immediately uh, so you can stream some PS4 games on your PS5 for a service or a cost or, you know, what, what kind of, what, especially with an SSD, I'm sure that's even like better than what, like, you know, the service that you have now with PlayStation Now, or what kind of, you know, what kind of features it will have for, in terms of catalog, you know, I think the whole thing of like the killer app of like just one game and everything else is kind of just like, eh, is kind of like done. You know, I think variety is like the big push that these companies are going to be going for, including Nintendo moving forward, you know? And so um, I'm kind of excited to see what kind of like, like catalog over like catalog and and games they're going to have overall uh that you can play at launch yeah but but what about so right now there's these these some developers talking right i won't i won't call anyone out because i don't remember the names that i look it up over time what they're basically saying you gotta like, be prepared yeah go on yeah because of the ps5's hard drive speeds pretty much anything the xbox can do the ps5 can do but there's going to be things that the PS5 can do that the Xbox won't be able to do because the Xbox won't be able to read data fast enough to do it. But vice so, versa too, right? No, no. Like this is like anything the Xbox should theoretically be able to do, the PS5 is going to be able to handle. Mm-hmm. So there should not be anything that on the Xbox One, obviously excluding ex- exclusives, that the PS5 can't handle. But there's going to be things on the PS5 that the Xbox One supposedly won't even be able to do also. So I think it's going to come down to like, do you want the speed of the PS5 and the type of exclusive they have? Which I think they have an amazing exclusives, of course, on the PS4. Or do you want the like, hey, if you go to Xbox, you're going to have everything. You have Game Pass, you have online, you have xCloud, you have all of that streaming. And it's going to come down to like, what do you value more? Do you value the convenience or do you value the exclusives? And I, I mean, to me, I'm a sucker. I'm going to get both, but. <laughs> yeah i'm definitely not getting both i think i definitely learned my lesson i'll say this though like you know in, in the topic of next gen i kind of learned my lesson a lot last uh from last gen i got my ps4 basically at launch and um i didn't play it for the longest time and you know what like what knack you know and like just like I, the games at, at launch weren't that impressive for me um and it wasn't until like 2015 ish where i'm like wow ps4 PS4 is a great console, you know, there's, it had a great library of games and new games were like coming out. So I'm debating whether even, even I should buy like a PS5 at launch. Yeah, but no. the big difference is now you get that PS5 and you could play your PS4 games. They're just going to be faster. No, no, back up. That's not entirely true. So what Sony has said is now every game is backwards compatible. Yeah, but only the majority t- of them are going to be it, right? Only, a, no, there, no, no. Yeah, there was a misquote on it before where they people were like, oh, they, they, well, they, th- they didn't th- mean a lot of games. Well, but Sony came out and after was like, no, no, 
Like it's going to be a lot. They should clarify that. You know, they should clarify that because I'm sure I'm not the only one that like misunderstood that. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I, my interpretation is, it's only like the big game. So like the Spider-Mans, the Resident Evils, the God of Wars, and stuff like that. It's not like the cat, like all their games. Um, uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot they can do with it, uh, but I think your argument of like convenience versus you know whatever is is pretty on uh, on the nose. But we should see. I think that that a lot of people. I wonder if you know, especially if how things play out in the rest of the year. You know, not to get political or anything, but if people are even going to want to spend, you know, five hundred dollars on a console. You know, and that that's playing a factor. Will they even release a a price now because of everything that's going on? I mean, it's it's hard to say, but I think that creating excitement right now, <clears throat> excuse me, creating excitement is super important, and having everybody start talking about what is it that the PS Five you know does, you know. Uh, we'll find out tomorrow. We haven't even seen the interface, which is interesting to me. You yeah, know what I mean? the interface. So, for, uh, I mean, we haven't even seen the console. You know, I mean, I wonder how many ports it'll have. If it's like just two, like you know, controllers again, or yeah. Well, tomorrow's going to be the, the the big showcase because I think uh, Microsoft really fumbled theirs. I I'm just a sucker for tech, so when I saw the Microsoft one, I was so excited going in, and then they revealed the quotation marks event. You can't see me doing it, but. It was like, man, this is like not good. This is really boring. Bro, like the stuff bro. we were showing could have been on anything. Bro, yeah, bro. I went in there with zero expect zero expectations, and I went like walking away, just like this is like bad. And <laughs> and it kills me. PR PR move. Yeah, it kills me though because I feel like they've been doing such an amazing job with other like before before that obviously of like selling like hey Game Pass one of the best deals if not the best deal in gaming X Cloud hey you're gonna be able to play your games on the go oh you know what backwards compatibility for everything then I'm so hyped up for this new Xbox they show that event and I'm like man these not only do the graphics look bad but the loading looks bad like everything just looks like I could be playing this on a Series X or something you know what I mean. Yeah, and even like, even though like, okay, like, I'll swallow the pill, right? Like, I'll accept the fact that they're not going to show like in-game footage or anything like that. Like, what 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 we saw was just so like generic. It's like for talking about like what this like next-gen console could do, you just like kind of make this like very. Uh, I'm going to use this term a lot, guys, over time, but Western kind of game. It's like they can do so much more and make it more interesting and add color and add, you know, and make, I don't know that what they decided to show, I felt like was very minimalistic, uh, let alone just like, you know, generic, but, um, I, they have a lot of games on the pipeline, you know, I'm sure one of them is bound to be good. Who knows? But we'll, I, we'll, we'll, we'll end it with this one. Let me ask you this then we'll end it with this. Okay. So tomorrow, what does Sony have to show you for you to be like, Holy crap, I have to buy the PS5. Like, I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they're capable of doing that. Nothing. I don't know if they're capable of doing that. Yeah, wow. I think they would have to show. Uh, yeah, I can't even think of anything off the top of my head. They would have to show something. I know what it, they have to do. They'd have Monster to say, Rancher. <laughs> Mon Mo dude, Monster Rancher would be so sick. Um, no, they would have to release maybe maybe exclusive Street Fighter, Street Fighter Six or something like that. But realistically, probably a price point. If the price is less than five hundred dollars, then yeah, I would probably get it. You know. But if it's five hundred dollars, then yeah, I'm gonna probably be like, oh, it's gonna, it's kind of a maybe. Um, so I, 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 knowing Sony, they're so good at this kind of thing, you know. They're so good at you know building their own, 
not just brand, but kind of like their own vocabulary and getting everybody to speak that vocabulary and, you know, getting everybody on board. I don't doubt that they're going to have a great presentation. I'm just more of like curious of what kind of details they're going to release, uh, choose to release. Yeah, well, that, I mean, we'll end it there. That'll be in tomorrow. We'll, next week, actually. We're, we're planning to release once a week, probably on the weekends. And we'll come back and we'll, we'll kind of see who was right. Yeah, who was wrong. And, 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 and I'll get your excitement then. Yeah, and let, you guys let us know what you think too. You know, uh, your food for thought is is always important. And uh, sometimes, you know, we talk about topics and let us know what uh, interests you guys and uh, let us know what you think. A diversionary tactic. Nice. Diver- <laughs> 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 uh, Naruto. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just read all 700 chapters. Okay, of Naruto. And I just finished I know. chapters of One Piece. But Dude, we'll get I to that. I can't believe you, like, you're, you're bragging about like that. I mean, kudos to you. God bless you for that. But still, that's. That's so much anime. I can't. It so, well, it was manga, not anime. Actually. Actually. <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. All right. So thank you guys for listening into this first episode. We're going to be growing. We're going to be changing it up as we go. But we hope you love the Gigi podcast. And we'll see you guys next week. Oh, Zane. Okay. Bye, guys.